This is Cassie and Megan coming to you from Vancouver. You're listening to the Hello City Culture Cast, your bite sized source of news, reviews, and previews. Keeping you up to date with our favorite cultural events where you and the city meet. Hello, city. Hello, city. This week, we're going to review a movie that came out a few weeks ago, Mirror Mirror, featuring Julie Roberts and Lily Collins. It's one of the various Snow White redos kind of that uh, are happening this year, and it's very different. Mm -hmm. But it's very different than Snow White and the Huntsman, which will come out later and we will likely review. Um, So we thought we'd prime everyone for that review and that the inevitable comparisons, and uh, let you know what we thought of Mirror Mirror. Mm-hmm. I was I was definitely excited because, like, to me, like, out of the Disney princess movies, Snow White was always one of my favorites. I'm not sure what about it stuck with me, but it did. So to kind of see it remade and, like, changed up a little bit was kind of cool. But I know you definitely had some thoughts about it, Megan. Yeah. Well, before I go into that, maybe we want to kind of summarize what the movie did a little bit differently. So, um, in, it was a very stylized, um, as far as the aesthetic goes version, um, lots Mm -hmm. of really bright colors and, um, and kind of strong features. And, um, the world was, uh, I would say almost very juvenile. So like in the, uh, the trailer, um, the love potion that the queen gives, um, the prince is puppy love, so he has, like, qualities of a puppy and that sort of thing. Um, but the b- basic um, gist of the plot is that the princess's father has disappeared and left her to the clutches of her evil stepmother, um, who has um, limited magic, um, but who uses it to control those around her. And the princess is told that she cannot leave the castle, but she, surprised, does, and realizes that um, the queen is not just cruel to her, but to the entire kingdom, and uh, it's up to her to do something about it. And so she has a much more go get attitude than the original Snow White, um, but she does meet up with quite a few dwarves, and they... Uh, definitely make friends, but we've thrown uh, a much mm-hmm. more active prince into the mix. And so he is kind of being bounced back and forth between the queen and um, Snow White and trying to figure out where his loyalties lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the fact that there was kind of a little bit more involvement of the prince and he was more um, a part of the story. It wasn't just kind of like the prince shows up at the end and la di da di da. Um, mm-hmm. and, like, I really liked the character of Snow White. Um, to me, like, she seemed like she was almost kind of one of the more mature, like, there's a little bit more depth to her than a lot of the other characters. Um. Yeah, I, I liked her, and I actually, I, I was pretty fond of Julia Roberts as the queen. Um. Although her, the way that they showed her magic and some of that was very confusing to me, um, because I didn't understand the rules. Yeah. Um, and when you don't understand the rules to magic, it just seems arbitrary and kind of just like a plot thing. Yeah. Appears and disappears. Um, it was definitely there to like further the story along and to accomplish like a very 
yeah, like it wasn't something that was kind of like carried throughout. It just kind of like shows up here and there. Yeah. Um, and she had her mirror, mirror sort of moment um, is very different. And she has kind of an alter ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're never sure exactly how alter. Like, is that actually a different person? Does she have control over it? Like, what's... Because um, her alter ego seems to know things that she doesn't. Yeah, it was kind of vague and wishy-washy. And, yeah, I, didn't, I just didn't quite get how it worked. Um, so I, th- I definitely felt that weakness. Um, and I felt overall there was a lot of things that were unexplained in the movie. Um, the continuity I was most disappointed in. Um, because for me that's a basic kind of um, pillar in a movie. Mm-hmm. Is that... Um, <laughs> It's events should make logical sense as far as like what they set up within the movie, but they really broke a lot of their own rules because what happens is Snow White moves between the palace and the forest and the village. Mm-hmm. And we get these big shots where we kind of look at the huge landscape of the kingdom. And it seems like the palace is really far away from both the forest and then even further away from the village. But Snow White walks between these places in like, sometimes a matter of like hours yeah. and sometimes it takes all night and like she there's a, a training scene that seems to last like four hours and then she becomes like this this great um amazing sword. fighter <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it doesn't it's not sensical to me and so i was trying to figure out so how long does it take to get from the palace to the forest and i just i couldn't figure it out yeah um i found it was definitely like especially like there was some continuity issues and definitely like in terms of timing like it was very hard to tell how long it took place over like it was just there was no indication Mm -hmm. yeah and um i was really surprised that actually Julia Roberts signed up for a movie that couldn't get something like that straight. Mm -hmm. Because when you build this, you know, fantastical world, those are the sort of things that you need to rely on to make the audience believe. Yeah. And so the moment a spell is broken and you are confused about what's happening, um, you're reminded that this is a world and this is a movie and you're watching it. And um, so I think that pulled me out. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, had a lot of misgivings on how they handled the, um, breaking of the puppy love spell. Um, and so I don't want to give out too many spoilers in that way. Um, but I will just, um, kind of state for the record, um, <laughs> that I thought that was rather poorly handled actually and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, instead of charming and cute. Which it could have been. Yeah, it just, the way the whole thing was handled, it was just, like, very, like, not that I'm not for, like, being open in terms of, like, gender, sexuality, that kind of stuff, like, but it just, it was very awkward and uncomfortable. That's the only way I can think to describe it is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, And so I think they missed out on a chance to at least use their like puppy love, like dog, like actions in a, in a more appropriate way. Um, but, uh, what's your, what was your kind of overall impression? Should people see it or not? Um, 
I'd definitely say see it. Maybe wait till it's out of theaters slash on DVD when it's going to be a little bit cheaper for you. I'm not sure if it's worth the whole $12, $15 for the movie theater. But I don't know. It's up to everybody else. I can, I've, and I'm an advocate of everybody making their own opinions, so... All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to be stronger about it and say, I don't think you should see this movie. Um, I, I think that waiting till Snow White and the Hudson is actually totally worth it. Um, cause if you check out the trailer for that, it looks pretty um, epic. It looks pretty awesome. Um, I, I would way rather sit down with, uh, Snow White, the original, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, use that to tide me over instead of, uh, of, of mirror, mirror. Sorry, Julia Roberts. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, and so next we're on to our song of the week, and Megan, it's your turn to pick this week. All right, so uh, I chose Drinking Games by Library Voices. So Library Voices is a band out of Regina, Saskatchewan, and they're playing with the, well, they're opening for Yukon Blonde this week, um, and so I thought I'd let everyone get a taste for them. Um, they'll be at the Commodore Ballroom, um, along with Great Bloomers, which is also uh, helping to warm up the crowd for Yukon Blonde. So if you're going to be there uh, on uh, the 27th, then you'll be able to hear more from Library Voices. But for now, here is Drinking Games. Saturday nights, Saturday nights, dress Saturday nights, Saturday nights, dress Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night. There she goes again, this melody with the memory. So that was Drinking Games in honor of the end of the semester. I'm sure there's lots of university students partaking in that. Um, And we're on to the Vancouver to-do list. All right, so next up, we're on to our Vancouver to-do list for this week, and we're going to be starting off with our movies. There's a couple of pretty good potential movies uh, coming out this week, Um, although they all seem to have high ratings, which is just kind of a a theme for the week, I guess. Um, So we're going to start off with Five-Year Engagement. This is probably the most advertised, um, starring Jason Segel and Emily Blunt, two actors, actresses who I'm definitely a fan of. Um, so it just kind of follows beyond, I guess, the typical chick flick and kind of follows um, that kind of period between, or the engagement period, yeah. um, and kind of, I guess, what stresses arise from that and the strains on their relationship. Yeah. Um, then there is uh, Headhunters, which is a German thriller about someone who lives a double life as an art thief. Um, so it looks really good. Um, definitely worth the subtitles, um, but it's going to be nail biter, folks. And it is uh, does I believe have a R rating, uh, just like the five year engagement does. And last but not least, uh, for this week and movies, um, there's another film called L, which is following with the high rating. It's got an NC seventeen rating, so just Whew. beware of that. That's a, a tricky one. <laughs> not yeah. a lot of movies get that, but it does. Um, and it's a French movie with subtitles, and it actually follows, I think it's a group of students um, or young women who kind of get involved with prostitution, which is where the NC-17 rating comes from. Aha. Um, but looks definitely really interesting if that's something you're kind of into. 
um, French with subtitles, so bring your reading glasses. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a bunch of movies for the adult crowd this week. Um, something for uh, hopefully more people, more accessible, um, is a cool food, food event, um, Dirty Apron Cooking School Get Your Grill On class on April 27th. We thought it sounded like fun. Um, and they describe it as, with the near arrival of patio season, meat cooking is moving outdoors. The four-hour ultimate grilling class from the founders of uh, Shambar. Sounds right. Teaches grilling newbies how to amp up on their carnivorous prep skills. So again, a more adult event, um, but maybe something where you'll learn a thing or two. Education is always good. Mm-hmm. Got to keep those minds busy. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up, we've got a set of concerts. As Megan mentioned before, Yukon Blonde is playing this Friday at the Commodore Ballroom with special guests, Library Voice, which is what you just heard, and guests, uh, Great Bloomers. So tickets are $18 for that. There's still some available. And then there's Tennis, which will be at the Biltmore playing on the same night. I do believe there's also still tickets available for that. And uh, they should be a good time. Indie alternative sort of, sort of deal kind of poppy so uh check them out next up we've got the good lovelies at st james hall this one's uh coming up this thursday april 26th and monday night snow patrol is playing at the orpheum their concert there has sold out and i think has been sold out for a while but for those of you radio listeners um the peak 100 or 0.5 fm um is hosting a secret show they do it every year um, so what it is, is the concert starts at five and it's featuring Snow Patrol and it's going to be free, but they're not going to let you know where it is until about three o'clock in the afternoon. So you have two hours to get to their, um, allocated location. So if you're interested in checking out Snow Patrol and don't have tickets, listen to the peak on Monday, um, follow them on Twitter, check out their Facebook. They'll post their location on all of those. So something to kind of be excited for and Megan yeah. and I will be there great tip um in theater we have a few different festivals the seventh annual director's theater festival is from the 25th to the 29th of April and it's put on by UFV theater and um so that'll be uh, in their theater and it's an eclectic fringe style collection of one act plays featuring some of the most talented young performers in BC so that sounds promising and then there's Tremors, a new collection of contemporary theater. And so that's put on by Rumble Productions. And so you'll have to go to rumble.org for details as far as um, the various locations. But it's uh, Rumble's Emerging Arts Festival. And it showcases contemporary works by some of Canada's most innovative new companies. So um, you might see some new and exciting things there. And next up, we have Visible Fictions, um, which I believe is a Scottish group by the sounds of it. Um, performing Jason and the Argonauts. Um, so this retelling of the ancient Greek myth is hugely physical and relentlessly funny. Um, so this is running from April 13th to 29th by Carousel Theatre for Young People, um, and it's at Waterfront Theatre. Awesome. Um, and so that'll be on Grandville Island, which is a nice place to visit this time of year, if mm-hmm. we keep getting weather like we do today. Fingers crossed. So let us know if there's any musty events around Vancouver, and we will try to check them out, or we may even feature your comments on the podcast. Leave comments at hellocitycast.wordpress.com, and we'll be happy to read them out. So this has been Hello City Culture Cast. See you next Wednesday for another dose of news, reviews, and previews.
consider